Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Good morning and welcome to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Today is Tuesday, August 23rd, 2022. The weather today will be a high of 26 degrees in Edmonton. Boop, boop. Thanks, Ev. You guys missed it yesterday. I really did such an amazing job yesterday. Um, so much energy. Yeah. Uh, but our mics weren't on. Not working. Oh, boy. That was, <laughs> can you guys hear us today? Please just... Can you, hear, can you hear can me? Hear you. Can you hear me? <laughs> Tell me, can you hear me? Tell me, can you hear me? Any big fans of the Who? <laughs> one one Who fan is gonna get that. <laughs> one fan of the Who is gonna get that. Big Tommy fan. Okay. <laughs> Just testing out the mic. Just wanted to make sure it worked. Oh yeah. Yeah, yesterday was uh was unfortunate. We uh um, you know what happened? We figured it out. Um, Wayne was certain that I did something to his computer. Well, first I come downstairs, all, the computer's not say, on. Like, he was pretty upset do? with me. What did you do? I wasn't upset. <laughs> Someone did something that I didn't do after I left yesterday. And then, you know what it was? It was your mother. <laughs> it was. It was your mom. <laughs> your mom was resetting the breakers. <laughs> And apparently she resets the circuit, which my computer was on, which also my interface for the microphones, it's complicated stuff, you wouldn't know. But uh, anyways, when it reset it, um, I had to flip a switch and I could not figure out what was going on. And it was just a tiny little switch. <laughs> and that was it. Oh, yeah. because she was just trying to help put mow the lawn. Yeah. <laughs> the breaker wasn't working. Yeah. There you go. Uh, we got our fix now, and you can hear us just fine. And today we're going to talk about burrs. Oh, yeah, I didn't tell you. No, you didn't. You see, it says it says right on the screen right here. On what screen? Where? On the on the live platform. Talking burrs. Okay. Burrs. I see it. <laughs> A few people have been asking about burrs, so I said, "Fine, we'll talk about it." Okay. I even I even I even titled the show, which we don't do very often. Normally, this. <laughs> We do not normally plan. we have no clue what we're talking about. We do not plan what we're gonna talk about. And and that, sorry, don't don't get excited. I didn't plan this episode. I just all I did was change the title. There's no presentation. No. We're just gonna talk and it's gonna be authentic. <laughs> and uh, and if you guys have questions about burrs, uh, then uh, you can call in and ask. Um, Cody in the comments says here, getting ready for winter burr, enough <laughs> of the heat wave. Yeah, we've had enough heat. <laughs> Don't say that. What? Winter's long, and when it's here, it's miserable. <laughs> okay. Um, Enjoy the heat wave. Uh, yes, sure. I don't know. I was just saying yesterday to Gabby that, gosh golly, aren't we lucky that we have air conditioning? We haven't complained about the heat once. Uh, I can't imagine trying to get to sleep with this, this it's heat. It's true. 
And, 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 and so the reason why, you know, you know that I'm talking about uh, Cody here in the comments and, 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 and how people are seeing things on the screen and what's not, what, what, what are they talking about? It's because we're broadcasting live as we do every morning at 6 a.m. Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Mountain Time. You can, uh, you can listen to the show live. Uh, you can, sure, you can keep listening to iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, all those types of things. iHeartRadio, a big one. Um, you can also download the Podbean app, which allows you to listen to the show live and you can get involved in the chat like everybody is this morning. You can also click the call in button and call in and ask about today. Burrs. Very exciting. Very exciting stuff. Burrs. Everybody wants burrs. You want to know why they want burrs? Why? So they can recycle their money. Because they can recycle their money. Boy, I'm going to piss a lot of people off today. The truths about burrs. It, it can be good. It can be good. They're hard to find. Yeah. Well, perfect burrs. There's imperfect burrs, which are great. Absolutely. You're still bettering your situation. Yeah. You know, but let's get into that in just a minute here. Sounds good. You read a little uh, commercial from our sponsors. Absolutely. If you're listening to this podcast and you currently invest in Southwest Ontario or Alberta, you need to get on the DCI Properties Buyers List. Like now. Who are they called? DCI Properties. Okay. These guys have wicked deals for flippers and buy and hold investors. They know their numbers and they're really easy to work with. And speaking with their owner, their goal is to help investors get into properties that make them money. That's it. Plain and simple. Don't wait. Get on their list and start accessing these amazing deals today. Go to www.dciproperties.ca slash Alberta buyers to access their off-market Alberta properties and www.dciproperties.ca slash buyers for their Ontario properties. It's just that easy. Right on, right on, right on. Thank you to DCI. Do we have any upcoming events? Like maybe on Friday or something? Mm, yeah, but I don't have the details. Do you have the details? I believe this Friday at our Otwell Flip, which the inside is wrapped up, actually is being officially wrapped up inside today. Oh, yeah. With the last of the missing kitchen pieces and a few little things. Mm-hmm. Um, we are... Sorry, <laughs> where was I going with up. that? We're holding a meetup. <laughs> um, Liam, our partner on that flip, is uh, hosting a meetup. We'll be there. Friday night, 5.30 to 7.30, I do believe. And that is in uh, the Otwell community of Edmonton. 5.30, 7.30. Um, the link. I think it's on Eventbrite. Yeah. You know what I'm going to do? Um, here, I'm going to make this super simple. All you got to do is go to our free Facebook group, Real Estate Investing Masters, and go to the top. And under Featured, bam, it's pinned right there. And you just got to register on Eventbrite. Awesome. He um, pinned it for you. I pinned it for you. It's, nice. it's right there at the top. Right there at the top. Nice and easy. Uh, Kid-friendly, as long as your kids don't ruin our beautiful new renovation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> none, of, none of your greasy-fingered kids. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. You just it ruled been... out every child. Okay. So full, full transparency gap. It has been professionally cleaned. Yes. So you know we're going to have to send a cleaner in again. Yes. You might want to write that down. I've seen a lot of greasy-fingered adults, too. You know what? The... <laughs> it's true there are those as well 
But um, after the cleaner comes in, you know what like annoys me the most about even just like after having showings, like when it's on the market and trying to sell it, it. Yeah, yeah. Is what grinds your gears? When okay, so I'm one of those people where like I'm annoyed if I go to if I go to see a house and there's no like toilet paper because sometimes you got to use the bathroom. Like mm-hmm. it just happens, right? Yeah. Like you're out driving around looking at properties. You need, you need to go oh, pee. Yeah, we we develop bodily waste. Yeah. Yeah, and then of course you need to wash your hands, right? <clears> so like throat> I throat> always try to have like toilet paper and and soap at my properties but because it's annoying when there isn't but sinks like when the cleaner cleans them and you have like a nice spot free sink without any spots on the like um faucets and Mm -hmm. the sink is just like sparkling and then like you go in to check on your property and the sinks are just a mess we should change the combination yeah (laughs) don't let anybody in no but we will we'll send somebody in to wipe up the the sinks and surfaces after well that's yeah i i totally agree with you like the the sinks after the cleaner comes is like the coolest feeling in the world yeah. i feel so fancy yeah. just on like st- a stainless steel sink yeah oh yeah yeah 100 percent. any sink when i like for the next two days after like I'm, I'm i'm doing any dishes i'm washing my hands or whatever i take a few pieces of toilet paper afterwards and i wipe all the edges and everything so that there's like it's nice and clean i'll wipe the faucet and then when it's like three or four days away from the cleaner coming, I'll be like, ah, I just give up. She'll be on Friday. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. And especially when you're trying to present your best product, you know, for sale. Yeah, let's just let's just assume that we have to send our cleaner in for two hours before we list it. Oh again. gosh, maybe half an hour. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, okay. She's cool. good. Yeah. Um, um so so uh Kristen here in the comments says, So I can only bring one kid. Got it. <laughs> All the other ones have greasy fingers. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I don't know. Sure. <laughs> we'll clean it. You know, some people's kids, though. Some people's kids are just so rambunctious and they're going to put a hole in the wall. Yeah. We should be fine. I we think we'll be, be okay. <laughs> we love kids. <laughs> Uh, other upcoming events? <clears throat> uh, I don't think Jared announced it yet. Oh, uh, I think he did, didn't he? Did Do I got to go back on Facebook again? <laughs> um, next Wednesday, Lake next. Bonavista, Wayne, Mr. Wayne Hillier will be there. Yeah, I'm doing my, uh, I'm doing my fix and flip open house tour <laughs> 2022. Going to Calgary. Um, yeah, so this Friday... I'm going to be in your town in Edmonton. And then next Wednesday, I'll be uh, in Calgary. Nice. And we're going to have an open house there at the Lake Bonavista. Wednesday uh, evening. Yes, Wednesday evening. Uh, yeah, information for that. Uh, I guess I'll pin that as well. Not right now, but I'll pin it. Is, Can uh, you pin two things? Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I um, don't know what time that one is. But sign up. I think it's the same time, 5.30 or 7.30. Uh, Jared Como is going to be there. Crystal Royce is going to be there. Matt, Matt Bordian is going to be there. Mm-hmm. Yep, you betcha. Um, what do we got going on in the comments today? Pretty quiet. It's really quiet compared to most days. What's going on? They're all listening intently. <laughs> we just had a big weekend. Big advanced fix and flip porch. Oh, right, right. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't remember, yeah. 
Okay. Uh, Kristen says, Alexa says, hi, Wayne and Gabby and their kid, <laughs> Everly. <laughs> but for a second, I was like, does her Alexis think that we, like, did we say something to Alexis? But it's her, it's her child. Alexa. Oh, Alexa. Okay. Yeah. yeah we I don't have an Alexa. We have a Hey Google. <laughs> I, I thought maybe I said something that made yeah. it sound like Hey Alexa, which is very common for hi, Siri. Yeah. Hi, Alexis. Good morning. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Good morning. No, no bad words today. Okay. Hey, if your kids are listening, all you have to just say is say in the comments. If my kids are listening, please tone it down a little bit. Please say that every day, people. <laughs> it just it, it depends on the day. Depends on the day whether we're talking about something that's meaningful. Because <clears throat> um, it's my belief that uh, if Tony Robbins can swear to make a point, then I can swear to make a point. Is that your, that's your guidelines? Yeah. Okay. If Tony Robbins can do it, then I can't do it. Okay. Some have called me the Tony Robbins of real estate. <laughs> Sorry, that wasn't funny. It's was very serious. It was meant to be a joke, but you okay. laughed very hard and quickly. <laughs> <laughs> um, can I ask you a quick question before we get into this whole burr stuff? Burr. Sure. Uh, have you filled any vacancies? No, I haven't. I don't ever talk to Gabby about this unless I'm on the show because I got her here and I can talk about it and it's valuable to you guys. Yeah, it's not for lack of applications. It's a uh, lack of Trying. me improving people. Um, and, and honestly, just being too busy. So, yeah. Well, that's... A... No, I haven't. Oh, okay. Are you yeah. posting every day? Nope. Oh, boy. So that's okay. That's that I asked that because sometimes. Oh yeah, need... like I know what it takes to fill vacancies, and I'm not doing it. Um, and I've also just I I know that that's what's going on. That I'm too busy to be as good as I once was. I really hope our partners aren't listening. <laughs> only on only one house. <laughs> wow. Well, oh Actually, God. no. Um, okay, so I didn't share. You're this. giving them grounds for termination of our joint venture agreement. It is literally. <laughs> public no. <laughs> no 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 listen so i didn't share this but um one of our tenants in one of the suites that i had that we have a vacancy for um actually resigned for one additional month <clears throat> so it's actually not available until october 1st so i did back off on that one um as we have it secured until october 1st yes um he said we can go ahead and still schedule viewings right now um, you got that in guess. writing uh yep cool yeah um but just because of, as I said, how busy I am, I haven't been able to uh, dedicate the time that I normally would to a vacancy. So I, I pulled back on that one and I'm focusing on the other one. Oh, okay. Yeah. And every day I am responding to lots of people and, and trying to set up viewings and weeding out the uh, thugs, um, which is hard on this one. It's a, it's a basement suite. Yeah. <laughs> in Edmonton you do get lots of thugs responding to your ads because it's a it's a cheaper suite right uh we are running low on time though for that whole student yeah we are um prospect yeah to be honest but, I, I think it's probably yeah and like we have had a, a lot of student interest but um but also lots of Lots of other interests as well, like and people looking for October 1st and that sort of thing. So we're kind of at that weird spot in the month where um, people are either looking last minute or they're looking for October 1st. 
Yeah. So getting that mixture of people coming in, but yeah. Uh, I'm probably not going to do better. Like, just to be honest. <laughs> not with that attitude. Um, no, I'll just, that, that, that just means that I just got to remind you to, to post. Yeah. And that's fine. Um, I have help. I have people doing the viewings, which is great. Nice. Yeah. That's good. Um, we just need to get more viewings. Mm -hmm. So now that the tenant, um, it, the prospect of getting a student tenant because we're, you know, a week or two away from school starting, I don't know when Nate or U of A starts, but, um, now that that prospect is out, who is our ideal prospect for that bachelor suite? No, that one's not available so, until October 1st. Okay. Which suite is this? Um, two bedroom in uh, Millwoods. Oh, two bedroom in Millwoods. Okay. So who is the target? That's, that's a really nice area. Mm -hmm. um, not really close to a university, but um, but it's it's far enough away and it's 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 a good area it's a nice big suite two bedrooms who's the ideal tenant for that property um either a young family one kid or um we've had lots of interest uh like two siblings i try i don't like roommates i don't we've done it it never ends well <laughs> i've been a roommate it never ends well um, so I'm not, I don't really super like roommates, but I don't mind siblings. Yeah. We've had several situations with siblings and it's always worked out really lovely. Um, and I seem to consistently have interest of people with siblings. So, um, that's one option as well, but generally basement suite is a young family starting out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you don't like siblings because. No, I like siblings. I don't like roommates. You don't like roommates, sorry. That's what I meant to say. You don't like roommates because... Yeah, it, it just never ends well. One of them wants out, Stop where's my it. money? Where's, um, give me my damage, to, my part of the damage deposit back. I'm getting a new roommate. This person's moving in. Wait, 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 we need to screen them. Like You're it's just that always happens? Yeah, I have. we haven't had a, a roommate situation where that hasn't happened. In fact, in one year, we had two roommates um uh three three roommates move out we had a roommate move out they replaced it a roommate move out so there was just down to two and then another roommate move out and there's one person living okay, there. okay that was a cluster <laughs> that was a cluster that was a cluster fart <laughs> i'm not swearing this morning um <laughs> alexis is gonna go to school though and say cluster fart and it's gonna be hilarious <laughs> this is a cluster it's a fart. cluster of farts <laughs> Um, okay. That one there was, yeah, it was like three or four girls in one main floor suite. Three. If, yeah. <clears throat> but if you think about it, you know, for a two bedroom basement suite, who is your ideal person? Like a, a young family does not stay in a basement suite for long. Not many people stay in a basement suite for long. It's not, a transitionary. So let's just, let's just say that again. Not many people any tenant type stays in a basement suite for long yeah. single feet people i'd say single people are the ones that stay the longest yeah i was gonna say we do have one <laughs> basement suite where we've had um a single uh woman in there for we're in our third year with her and she's just happy the rent is low she's doing her thing and she's 
would you say that she's just waiting for the right person more or less yeah and then when she she meets the right person yeah move in yeah either that person will want to move in or she'll want to move in with them this is typically what happens yeah you know um or a big career change but you mean a a change in her financial situation where you know her affordability can change yeah where she might rent a whole main floor suite Mm-hmm. Or an apartment to herself. Mm-hmm. Or townhouse. But typically people who are in basement suites don't like apartments, right? Yeah. Because uh, apartment um, apartment units, one bedroom or bachelor or two bedrooms, are typically around the same price as a basement suite, right? So a basement suite gives you a little more freedom from, you know, having 20 neighbors, you know, with like um, cooking smells and screaming and yelling and domestics and, and oh, for real. I mean, like they're, they're very loud. You know what I mean? Um, and, and that type of stuff, people upstairs above you, people downstairs below you, people beside you. A basement suite, you only have one, right? Mm-hmm. But people don't, t- I mean, you know, there's even the noise traveling and the cooking smells and stuff like that still make it through and, the, you know, the, the space between a main floor and a basement. So, but I liked what you said and I want <clears throat> to refocus on that is that most people in basement suites don't stay. So I, I have a question. Why does it matter if we get roommates, roommates if they're just going to leave anyways? Now, I think the I think what you're the the point to be made is that the probability of roommates ending their lease early is higher. Yeah, because there's more there's a more um, it's more likely that they will move in together and realize that they hate each other because friends should never rent with each other. Um, too too much time with one person is is, is you know what I mean? Yeah, I have several ruined relationships. <laughs> From living with friends never ends well like you think it will but it doesn't and you know one person one person gets a boyfriend or one person gets a girlfriend and then that person's around too much and then the, the whole like john and yoko thing starts and and then it's like uh they're around way too much or that person wants to go and move in with their boyfriend or girlfriend and then how am i i'm going to be stuck with the rent here and then they want to bring someone else in and that's and that's another thing is that Hey, do you mind if we bring in another roommate? Or hey, this person's moving out. I'm going to find another roommate. Is that okay? And then you, as a sophisticated landlord investor, you're probably sitting there thinking like, no, no, no. I only approved you two. Okay. Yeah. Anyone who else who wants to apply can apply. I will screen them just as I screened you. And these 20 to 24 year old people have no idea what this is all about because they've never read the Residential Tenancy Act. Yeah. And they're like, what do you mean I can't? And then they just sneak someone in anyways and. You know what I mean? It, it creates a lot of opportunity um, and vulnerability to, to conflict. Yeah. And so that's that's kind of our perception of, of, of roommates. But, I mean, if you want to break it down simply, I mean, <sighs> basement suites suck regardless. That's kind of what I was getting at earlier with basement, you know, tenants don't typically stay. They, they never last more than a year in most cases, except for that one unicorn we have. Um, and a lot of people don't really understand this when they're, when they, you know, they're like, oh, wow, I'm going to build a house with a secondary. I'm going to build a secondary suite in my house, or I'm going to buy a house with two suites because then, uh, as long as one, you know, is always rented, I'm never going to have to worry about rent because they heard all these cool little gimmicky catchphrases on some podcast or some webinar. 
truthfully, they're a pain in the ass yeah. to rent. Pain in the ass. Yeah. Yeah. Think about they're your, the worst. You got to think about your, tenants, like yeah. who you are renting to before you purchase a property. That's why I love single family houses because mm-hmm. they're families. Yeah. Families don't uproot their kids from school. They stay a long time. They treat it relatively well, relatively. Because yeah. families have kids with greasy fingers and they damage stuff too. <laughs> Trust me, they're all, all tenants. Oh, I feel bad for the landlord next door, that last family. <clears throat> oh, Insanity. God. Oh, God. Yeah. Wild kids. Kids and their greasy yeah. fingers and then their, you know, and their toys and scuffing up walls and stuff sucks too. Don't get me wrong. Every tenant type sucks. And there are good ones and there are bad ones, but. Um, basement suited houses or, or houses with, um, secondary suites, whatever you call it across Canada. Um, they are difficult, very difficult. I would say they're probably the hardest. Um, I find with, you know, though we would never buy an apartment unit, an apartment condo as a rental property, just we talk about that another day, though we would never buy one. I find that they would be the easiest to, to landlord. Yeah. Cause People typically stay in those ones for a very long time compared to basin suites. It's really weird. But even though with the turnover, it's it's like that's one of those types of properties that um, people are always looking for. And even if someone does move out, there's not a whole lot of vacancy in those types because they're very quick and affordable. Yeah. Well, we always kind of talk about the like kind of transition or the, the path that a tenant takes. And, you know, like when they're young and starting out, there's the affordability factor and, you know, just getting into renting, you know, typically go straight into an apartment or mm-hmm. then, you know, progressing basement suite, main floor, townhouse, single family house, you know, like there's a progression of kind there's of a scale. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which goes with affordability. Yeah, definitely goes with affordability. Um, and also like tolerance, you know, like, um, I, and I guess that's probably the level of professionalism and type of person that you are. Um, mm-hmm. but and that's not the case for everybody. Like some people don't ever better themselves and that's all they can afford. And so you might have somebody who's just in the same place that they've been since they were, you know, a young adult and they never bettered themselves and they're still living in crappy apartments or whatever, you know, like you have those people as well. Mm-hmm. But generally, you know, a, a working professional, you see that they, they start out in, the, in what's affordable and they work their way up. They're not going to stay in a basement suite for the next 20 years. They're going to eventually be like, oh, I can afford a main floor now. I want to get some sunshine, you know? Yeah. That like you, you have like these emotions that come into like where you live. So you can finally afford it. And then from the main floor, you're like, oh my God, I, these neighbors underneath me though, like, I think I can finally afford to, you know, get that townhouse with a little private yard. I still have a little yard. It'll be a little bit are actually about the same amount of rent Mm -hmm. as a main floor, but I get my own space. I don't have somebody below me. And then you go there, but then maybe eventually you can buy your own house or like, so there's like a progression. People don't want to stay in a basement. Mm -hmm. They're not there because it's their dream place to live. If you think that you're, you're joking yourself. People don't, that's not their dream to live in a basement underneath people in a rental yeah. where people are moving in and moving out and you never know who's going to live above you. Like sometimes there's an ideal situation where it's like a quiet single person up and a quiet single person down and they live harmoniously. But still, neither of those people are going to stay there forever. 
True. It's a transition. Yeah. So you can try to match make those people as best as you can so that both of them, you know, like maybe they stay for a few years. That's great. But they're not going to stay forever. Yeah. Unless they're the type of person, as I mentioned before, that is just never bettering themselves and that's all that they can afford or handle or, you know, whatever the situation may be. But that's not the norm. Mm-hmm. I can imagine that like the, 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 the wrong person could hear that or the or a certain type of person could hear that and feel very offended by our statements when we say that. But I hope that you understand whether it's your first time listening here or whether you've been here for a year or two or whichever. Um, there's no fluff here. No. This is just the facts. We're just, we're speaking logically and not emotionally. Okay. Um, we're breaking it down to, 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 to the bones because it helps us make decisions for our business. Generally speaking, right? Because this doesn't apply to everyone and everything. However, um, a lot of people, you know, who are listening in live and a lot of people are listening to the recording right now are nodding their heads. Okay. And not trying to be offensive when we say things like, you know, this is, we want the type of person, we want the type of tenant that's, that, that's never going to better themselves, that's going to stay in the same job for 40 years. Well, I mean, just like it's from a business perspective, I mean, that's just really, truly, I mean, if we had to choose, that's who would we we'd want. I'd rather that person than than two best buddies who are 19 years old that want to get into a place because they're, they're going to move. There's, they're not going to, unless they no, they're not, they're not going to stay with each other for, for the next 30 years, best buds forever, you know, and just like hitting their limp biscuit CD on replay. No, like the, 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 no, it's maybe six months. I mean, how long can you really listen to that limp biscuit CD? <laughs> Eventually something's going to happen. They're going to meet someone, um, or they're going to get tired of each other or, they're just going to move on because they're not going to stay with each other forever. But if, if I had to choose between that person and someone who makes 30 bucks an hour, that um, is living paycheck to paycheck, who um, just, I mean, unless something dramatically changes in their life, they're probably never going to be able to save up $20,000 for a down payment. You know what I mean? This person's going to take care of the place and they're going to stay for a very long time. I would choose that person. If I had to choose with no judgment, that's who I would choose. And, um, you know, you don't necessarily have to tell people that, sorry, no, you don't really, um, you don't, you're not really quite suitable for what we're looking for in this suite. We're looking for someone who's never going to better themselves. <laughs> no, you, know, you don't say things like that, but I'm, I'm just helping you guys as, you know, investors, when you're purchasing a property to, 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 to begin with the end in mind and figure out who am I going to rent this to, Right. Mm-hmm. Figure, figure out who first, who is my target tenant, and then figure out the property that will match that particular tenant that you're trying to rent to, that particular client. Okay. Got a lot of good comments in here, um, but I'm just going to take a you'd little- con- You'd consider them good? <laughs> <laughs> They're being ridiculous. <laughs> oh, I thought I saw a couple good ones. Um. Anyways, let's take a little quick commercial break here and then uh, we'll come back and, and we'll continue talking about it. Hi folks, Barry McGuire here. I'm inviting you to join our free Facebook group, Barry McGuire's Creative Real Estate Education. 
We go live every Monday discussing all sorts of creative real estate strategies. You know, nothing can match the power of learning from Canada's top creative real estate experts. We provide you with the education and tools you need to close your first damn deal. It's the most important one. Join our free group, Barry McGuire's Creative Real Estate Education, and we'll see you Monday. Definitely go check that out. Barry's awesome. Yes. Barry taught us everything we know. So thank Barry. Um, <laughs> Barry actually has a focus workshop coming up in Edmonton, live in person on September 24th. And you guys have heard us talking about agreement for sales quite a bit lately. Um, they are holding their agreement for sale focus workshop on September 24th. It is an all day event. I cannot remember where it is, but go to barrymaguire.ca and you can get information on that. I'm going to be there. Gabby's going to be there. Um, and we're going to be, yeah, it, 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 teaching all things about agreement for sales. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Um, if you don't know what agreement for sale is, just Google it. No, you can't no, Google don't. it. There's nothing to Google. <laughs> um, look it up on our podcast. Look it up on iTunes, agreement for sale, and then you'll see a bunch of podcasts where we've talked about it. Okay. Um, I saw a, 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 a sweet, sweet segue from um, Mr. Jeremy Heeman. Where was it? Ah. Forget about it. Let's just ruin that and let's take a caller. Oh, never mind. I bet you her finger slipped. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Jeremy had said something. Um, I always, nope, that wasn't it. Where, oh. I lost it. Oh gosh, this is no longer a perfect. We're going to talk about birds or something. Yeah, well, that. Oh, come oh, on. Oh, is that what you're getting at? Yeah. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I, I couldn't keep up went. on the comments. I just saw lots of limpets get comments and. Oh, was there limp? Oh, okay. Hang on, hang on. Let's talk about that. No. I didn't get to it. Um, I mean, Carlos is talking about how uh, Mormon missionaries are the best base and sweet tenants. Okay, for, for I shouldn't have said that. Full transparency. Carlos is Mormon. Okay. Yes. So you can <laughs> just just before someone gets like brutally offended. <laughs> I think he was referring to himself. Perhaps. I think he was referring to himself because he had something. I think, yeah, there was some there was some more context to that in the in the comments there. Before someone gets extremely Carlos the Great wants to call in. Um Let's get to the bottom of this. You sh I wish you guys could see Gabby's face. <laughs> hey guys, how's it going? It's so scared right now. No. What's the, why are you scared of what some, some right followers now? of Jesus? They're great people. No, oh my Mostly. God, I am not. Oh my goodness. Okay, that got turned on me. <laughs> so I'll, okay full disclosure i i'm lds um and i used to actually be a missionary as well years ago in toronto mm -hmm. however when we came back and we had a basement suite and a little one bedroom basement suite in a hundred square foot house we got the missionaries to rent from us because you know they need a place to sleep so mm -hmm. they have all these apartments all throughout the city everywhere in their areas and they're great tenants. They stay there for years. The mission office pays for any damages that happen. And uh, they get swapped out periodically, but they treat the place really, really well. And you don't have to worry about parties. They're always gone throughout the day. They're absolutely awesome tenants. I mean, the rent never bounces, all that stuff. 
so really we cool. had we had them in like three different units and then we eventually switched airbnbs and things happened but uh i would recommend them to anybody you just have to call the mission office and just type in edmonton canada lds mission and it'll come up on google okay i'm glad that you clarified that but you got to turn your volume down Little echo. I'm glad that you clarified that because like I can just imagine someone like going on Facebook Marketplace right now saying, I got a basement suite, two bedrooms, only looking for LDS. That would not go over well. But see, so just call the mission office. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. You give the mission office a shout. They're either looking or they're not. And uh honestly, sometimes you just come in with like fifty or a hundred bucks under market rent and you'll have them for like ten years. So they're fantastic. Awesome. Awesome. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for calling in, Carlos. The great. No problem. Love you. Bye-bye. Love you. Bye-bye. <laughs> Love you. Well, I knew it was coming. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Sorry. Yeah, okay. Maybe the comments they get out of hand here. Yeah, they do. Um, Okay, so what Jeremy basically said was that um, aren't basement suites or aren't adding basement suites a great way uh, to get the best burrs or something along those lines? Which okay, I'm I'm absolutely butchering the. Um... Yeah, they sure are. What? Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Pretty much uh, the only way. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, I. I mean, you can burr anything. Okay, so burr is. As an acronym, B R R R R R R. Easy there, Jack Sparrow. Which stands for buy, renovate, rent, refi, repeat. Yeah. So you're buying a property, you're renovating it to add value, you're getting renters in to get market rent, then refinancing it, pulling your money out, which a perfect burr would mean you pull all of your renovation money out. And your down payment, so you have zero money into the deal, and then you use that money and repeat the process. Yes. Um, so it's a fantastic way to invest and to re- to reuse your money instead of needing crazy twenty percent down payments over and over again. How many? Yeah, like you can't scale that way, right? Yeah. Not many people have just money to buy endless sources of money yeah Yeah. (laughs) i mean yeah if you wanted to buy a five hundred thousand dollar suited house and you had to put 20 percent down that would be one hundred thousand dollars if you want to buy 10 suited houses that's one million dollars yeah and not a lot of people have that so they go and they raise joint venture capital and they're like okay i'm gonna raise joint i'm gonna raise a million dollars and they realize oh shoot yes i have 10 suited houses but i only own 50 percent of them i need another mill so i need two million dollars now to get the equivalent of owning 10 suited houses on my own. And now I need to manage 20 suited houses. <laughs> uh, 20 suited houses with 40 tenants. Yeah. Suddenly your life sucks. <laughs> Seriously though, because we talked about like a high turnover. Yeah. Right. But, but anyways, that's not the point we're yeah. trying to make right now. We're trying to talk about how great burrs are. <laughs> Um, and also, suited properties are the best cash flow. Like, they are by far. Um, you will in most markets. In most markets, you will not be able to match the cash flow that you can get out of a suited property in any other type of of residential dwelling. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, 
prove me wrong. Tell me if I'm wrong, but that's what I know to be true. And my bank accounts are very happy on my suited properties. So, um, but yeah, the burying a basement suite is pretty much, uh, or adding a secondary suite and, and using that type of property to do a burr is your most likely chance of getting the most money out. But in today's economy, it's really hard to find properties at a low enough price on your initial buy to be able to get that all of your money out at the end. Yes. I didn't want to go right to the butt uh, right away. You didn't? <laughs> There's children listening. <laughs> um, I want to rewind that just about 10 seconds because you said that it's the best one for, um, for doing a burn. Now, why is it the best one? Because adding a secondary suite is a huge improvement on the value of your property. It increases, increases the value. Increases the value Because that's what you're trying to do with a burr. Yeah. You're trying to buy something that is undervalued, increase the value of the property more than the cost of the renovations, right? And that's the difficulty. You can't just do a burr on any property. You can't just buy a single family house in some neighborhood and think that you're going to redo the kitchen and the house is going to be worth significantly more. No, you need to find opportunities or properties that can be well, renovated can, to increase the value. But can we also just pause right there? Because you renovate a single family home and maybe you do, maybe you found this junker, <clears throat> this like complete junker and you were able to burr it, but now you have this expensive single family house. You still need to be able to get the rent on that. Right. Oh, if you're stop with the butts, let's focus on the butts. No, I'm saying why the why the single family houses don't work. No, stop because with the butts. With I secondary, need to, I got 20 minutes to get to the butts. With secondary suites, you are still you're you're increasing the value exponentially, but still creating affordable suites. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Of course. We do need to focus on the negatives of of, of burst. Yes, you can do it on a lot of houses, but yes, it, I have so many points I'm trying to make in the next 15 minutes and you keep crushing them like grapes. <laughs> okay. I'll, yes. I'll just sit over here and, and shut up. I will not participate. Continue, sir. No, I'm done. It's okay. So we, I was focusing on one particular point because I have a lot of new people that are coming in here right now and I really want to make sure that they understand this. Sorry. Hon. So what, what we're trying to do here is we're trying to find properties. We're trying to find properties that are undervalued, where we can renovate it and increase the value more than the cost of the renovations. Let's just focus on that portion right now, and we'll and and I have plenty of room for for smashing um, uh, burr afterwards because it, they there are a lot of butts uh, when you're doing it. The difficulty with finding properties like this is that there's not many types of improvements that you can add that you can do that will increase the value of the property more. Okay. Gabby talked about finding one that's just like a real junker that just needs tons of work. And then by, by bringing it back up to the standard of, of livable from a junker, then yes, it will increase it to the, the market value of that type of property. For example, uh, the house next door just sold for $350,000, okay? And it's in normal shape, 
nothing fancy, no quartz countertops or, or, you know, um, com- floor to ceiling tile and in, in this, you know, huge ensuite bath, like nothing fancy. Okay. Just a normal house. And it's, it's sold for $350,000 because that's the, that's the value. Um, that is the, uh, that is the value of a property in that area, that type of house. Okay. But you, the house next door that you're writing an offer on, you're writing an offer for $200,000 because this place has got dirty diapers and dog feces and, and holes in the wall and stuff like that. So all that you need to do is you need to bring it up to the standard of the house next door because that's that house next door just sold for $350,000. So you know that if you renovate it to the same standard as the house next door, it will would be worth $350,000 because that's how value property values work in the real estate market. What you do is you have to have something to compare it to. Same lot size, same square footage of the house, same amount of bedrooms, same additions like and uh, the garage, you know, finished basement. You want to compare it the best that, the best that you can because then you have a claim or you have the right to say this property is worth the same as this property next door because they are the same. Right? So if it costs you, let's do some let's do some very basic math here. So you bought that house for $200,000, right? If it costs you $80,000 to renovate that house. So that means you bought it for 200, you renovated it for 80 means you're into that house for $280,000. And now it's worth $350,000. You're going to go back to the bank and say, hey, this house is worth $350,000 now. The bank is going to send out an appraiser to confirm that your house is worth the same. An appraiser, what they do is they look up other houses that have sold in the last three to six months in your neighborhood with the same lot size, with the same square footage, with the same amount of bedrooms, with the same type of garage with the same everything. Okay. And they will find that one sold next door and they're going to be like, that is a perfect comparable. What did that one sell for? Sold for $350,000. Okay. Perfect. Bank says RBC calls you back and says, appraisal came in at $350,000. Therefore we will give you a mortgage of 80% of $350,000. The comments, you got the comments on here. What is 80% of $350,000? Give you guys a second to put in the comments. $280,000. Sorry? dollars $280,000. $280, so the bank is going to give you a new mortgage for $280,000. Means that, this is, and this is how the process works. I'll make this very simple for you. The bank is going to send the $280,000 in funds to your lawyer. Okay. Lawyer is going to hold it in the trust account, but in order to refinance this property, the lawyer also needs to pay out the old mortgage. Okay. Right. Cause you're, when you refinance, you are refinancing the financing on this property. Okay. You have, you already have right now, you have an old mortgage that you bought the house for, like what you bought the house with when you bought it for $200,000. Okay. That old mortgage needs to be paid off before you can put this new mortgage on. So the lawyer is going to take the $280,000 funds from this new mortgage at RBC. They're going to pay off 
the existing, let's say $200,000 loan. Okay. And then what's the difference between $280,000 and $200,000? 80. 80. So the lawyer is going to cut you a check for $80,000. Okay. What about your down payment on the 200? I'm keeping this very simple. You want to complicate it? We can go. Okay. So Just you bought it. If you're going to do the math, do it right. I don't have, I don't have a whiteboard. It's, it's, it's same, same. It's spelled different. Okay. $200,000 house. Now I'm definitely going to confuse people. Out of $200,000 house, you put 20% down. That means you put $40,000 down. You have $160,000 mortgage. Okay. So let's, now let's rewind. Everybody got a piece of paper? Okay. So when you bought the house originally, you put a $40,000 down payment. Write that one down. That was your first investment. Got it? Then you did $80,000 worth of renovations. Okay. So you put a total of $120,000 of investment into this property. That is how much money cash you would put into this. Your underlying mortgage on this property from the original purchase is $160,000. Okay. Your new mortgage from RBC is $280,000. RBC sends it over to, you can use whatever bank you want. I'm just giving you something to visualize. RBC sends that $280,000 over to your lawyer. Your lawyer holds it in a trust account. Lawyer says, okay, before we can put this new mortgage on here and refinance this property, we need to pay out the underlying mortgage that's existing. Let's call that CIBC. You have a $160,000 CIBC mortgage on this property. It's on title. Okay. Your lawyer is going to take $160,000 out of the $280,000 that they have and pay off that old mortgage. Thank you, CIBC. We appreciate your financing. We're done with this mortgage. You're left with $120,000 left in the lawyer's trust account. The lawyer is going to hand you that $120,000 in the form of a check or bank draft. You're going to take that $120,000 deposited into your bank account. Now, remember, let's go back to what your original investment was. You put a $40,000 down payment and $80,000 worth of renovations. So what you're going to do is you're going to take that $120,000 check from the lawyer and you're going to pay off your original $40,000 down payment. You're also going to pay off your, your $80,000 in renovations. And where are you left? You're left holding a property where you have zero money in it because you've been paid back. You've been paid back your original down payment. You've been paid back the $80,000 in renovations. It means you have zero money in this deal, but you still get to keep the property. You now have a $280,000 mortgage. The only difference now is that you have a $280,000 mortgage and you no longer have a $160,000 mortgage that you had before, which means that your mortgage payments are going to be higher mathematically, right? So keep in mind, after you do your refinance, you're going to have a higher mortgage because it's going to be 80% mortgage of a higher amount because you improve the value, improve the property. So just understand that your mortgage payments will be higher and there will be an adjustment. However, the opportunity to own a property with zero money in it is amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. And this is what people get excited about for births, right? Wait a second. All I got to do is find a house in my neighborhood that's worth 
get it for $200,000, renovate it for $80,000. And then I can just do this little cool little trick, this little maneuver, and I can get all of my money out of it. And then I've got my $40,000 down payment again and my $80,000 in renovations back. And then all I got to do is just go find another house just like this and repeat the process. That is what the last R is for, right? Yeah. The last R is repeat. Just keep doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it with the same $120,000 that you have in your bank account. Just keep repeating the process over and over and over again. That's how you build the portfolio with none of your own money in it. It's an amazing strategy. Amazing. There's two downsides to the strategy, which Gabby revealed very early. Sorry. I, I, and, and, and thank you for that, Gabby. But I just wanted to make sure that we got through all this first, that people understand how it works. There's a few, there was quite a few people that reached out to me really recently. And I'm like, I can't do dude, dude, gal. I can't type this out in DMS. I'm sorry. I don't have time for this. I'm, I'm a very busy person. All I ask is that you just come to the morning show and I will explain it thoroughly verbally but I, no matter, like if I tried to type this out in a DM for every single person that asked me about burrs in my DMs, I'd never get anything done. So that's why we created this morning show. The, I'm going to go to the downside to this too, to the, the, the negatives of burr. And there's, there's two negatives. What was the first one? I, I don't recall. The first one is that they typically don't cash flow. Right. The second one was what was it? You don't typically get all your money out. Now I'm going to start with number two. You don't typically get all your money out because houses that have an average value or a market value of $350,000 don't typically sell for $200,000. Okay. They don't typically sell for less than, grab my calculator here before I speak. It's too early to do math in my head. They don't typically sell for $150,000 less than, than what they're worth. It's like almost 40% less mm -hmm. than market value. It doesn't happen very often. Because in a lot of cases, it's not the building that is worth that much, that $350,000. It's the land that it's built on. Most of the value is in the land. And if land value is $250,000, it's very unlikely you're going to get that property for less than $250,000. Because what that seller could basically do is just tear down the house and sell it for land. Yeah. If it's that bad. But what Gabby was talking about with adding secondary suites is, is that with that particular approach, it's significantly easier to increase the value because you're improving the property and not bringing it up to the standard of livable. 
you are adding something to the property, which will increase the value of the property more than the renovation or the addition. So for example, if you bought a $250,000 property and you spent $150,000 adding a legal secondary suite, which increased the value of the property by $200,000 or more, or more. Yeah. let's say $250,000. I'll, I'll give you some numbers here. You bought it for $250,000 land value. It's the lowest you're going to get. We're talking about the same property here. Okay. If you add $80,000 worth of renovations, it's going to be worth three fifty. dollars Okay. You can run those numbers after the show and see if those numbers will still work for the, for the original example we gave you. Can I still burr it if I bought it for two fifty, dollars renovated it for $80,000? Can I still burn if it's worth three fifty dollars afterwards? Run those numbers after the show and feel free to come back tomorrow and, or share the numbers in the free Facebook group if you'd like, Real Estate Investing Masters. Here's another thing that you can do. And, and this, again, this remember, this comes down to comparables. You have to have a market comparable to compare it to. You cannot just add a secondary suite to any house and think that it's going to be worth $250,000 more. Okay? You have to have market comparables. But if you bought the same house for $250,000, basically the lowest you're going to get it for, and you renovate it and add a secondary suite, legal secondary suite, and you renovate upstairs, and it costs you $150,000, that means you're into this property for $400,000. Okay. But now the property is worth $500,000 because around the corner, two streets over, there is a house that recently sold that is the exact same square footage, exact same lot size, exact same bedrooms, exact same legal secondary suite in the basement with the exact same bedrooms and bathrooms, same finishes. It sold for $500,000. This house is exactly the same on the outside as your house and the house next door to you. The only difference is, is that they added a legal secondary suite which does not make these houses apples to apples. It's completely different because it has a legal secondary suite. You can no longer compare that house to the house next door to you that's worth 350 because they're not the same. So you have to compare it to something that is exactly the same or close to. Okay, so that house around the corner or two streets over is worth $500,000. You bought this house for $250,000. You added a legal secondary suite, cost you $150. You're into it for $400, okay? You go back to the bank and you say, hey, Mrs. Banker, I would like to refinance this property. It's worth $500,000 now, okay? And they're like, okay, let's get the appraiser out there. Appraiser comes out, says, yes, we see there's a property that sold for $500,000 two streets over. And as, as well as other properties that they're going to use and they're going to do their, their, their thing. We will give you 80% of $500,000. Does anyone know what 80% of $500,000 is? Put in the comments. 400. 400. 400. Exactly. So they're going to give you a new mortgage of $400,000. Same process. They're going to hand that $400,000 into your lawyer. It's going to be held in a trust account. They need to pay out the underlying mortgage. Okay. Which is $200,000. Okay. 
You bought the house for 250, your mortgage was 200. Your down payment originally was $50,000 and your renovation costs were $150,000. You're going to need to write this one down. Okay. Your lawyer is going to take the $400,000 that they have in their trust account and they are going to pay out the existing underlying mortgage, the original one that you got when you bought the property before renovations. And that's $200,000. So they're going to take $200,000 out of your $400,000 and there's $200,000 left over. Your lawyer is going to hand you a check for $200,000. You're going to take that $200,000 and you're going to pay off your original $50,000 down payment and also your $150,000 worth of renovations. And again, you are at a perfect burr. You have no money left in this deal. And now you have a $500,000 asset with two suites that you can rent out and you have no money in it. And you can repeat that process. See, this would be a much better burr. This is a more realistic burr. Mm -hmm. This is why people like adding secondary suites because you're not bringing it back up to the standard of livable. What you're doing is you're adding, you are in, you are adding something more to the property, which will increase the value more than what you pay. Okay. Other things that you can add are like garages, finished basements, right? Garage suites, stuff like that. But what you're going to do is as you start to learn more about this and as you start to do market research in your market, you're going to learn that there's not most of those items like garages and, and basements and, and garage suites, they don't typically increase the value more than what it costs to build them. Yeah. That's why people love adding secondary suites because typically, again, do your research, check your comparables. Typically adding a secondary suite will increase the value more than the cost of the secondary suite. Okay but they are hard to find. But more realistic to find a place for 250 than it is for 200. Yes, of course. Even finding a 200 in That's this example, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're talking about like 30% of the value of, of, of the house. You need to get it for 30% under, which is very hard to find. Because the next question is, how do I find them? Well, they're hard. You got to find them off market. You need to negotiate like really hard. You need to find houses that appear to look nice outside that are absolutely dilapidated inside, which is very hard. Okay. Finding deals like this do not come very often in major markets, smaller sub markets. It's a little bit easier, but then that comes with more risks because as Gabby mentioned earlier, you still have to rent this afterwards. One of those R's is rent. If you're buying in a crappy town that has no industry and no economy, that means that your rents might not support it. The rents might be low or there's not a whole heck of a lot of jobs. So you're buying in a risky market that doesn't like, yes, you got an amazing opportunity to buy a house essentially with zero money down once you did this whole maneuver, but you bought in a market that doesn't meet the basic fundamentals of real estate investing. So you got an opportunity, but you also got a, like you, it, you took a huge risk. So you got to consider that you still need to, just because you have an opportunity to buy and uh, name a small town in Alberta. Olds 
It's great. Just keep in mind, what's the industry in olds? Does it still meet the basic fundamentals of, of a good market to, to buy rentals in? I don't know much about olds, but I'm just saying it's a smaller town in Alberta. Most people really like Edmonton and Calgary, right? Most people like Welland and St. Catharines and, 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 and Hamilton as opposed to Toronto or, or uh, Port Dover. Right? So you still have to make sure that you're being aware of that. Um, you may do this and it may be risky afterwards. Now, the next thing is that now that I've increased the value of that property to $500,000, will it cash flow afterwards? And that's, that's the real question. Will the rent cover the expenses on that property? Yes, I'm into it for zero money down, but will it cover it? In a lot of cases, it won't. Okay? In a lot of cases, it won't. Um, great example. I, I know we're way over, but I'm going to probably go 10 minutes over on the show because I want to finish this point. Um, a lot of people came out to our park view, uh, fix and flip, right? And uh, it's in the West End of Edmonton. And uh, we got that property for low 300s. And the after repaired value is 540, 550, something along those lines. And I had a few people ask me, why aren't you burning this? Mm-hmm. Kind of nodded my head. I'm like, you know what? That's a, that's a very good point because the mathematics do work because they looked at this house and they're like, Wayne, this house doesn't need much. The basement's fine. Put some carpet in there upstairs, put some, you can leave the hardwood floors and just paint the walls and do new kitchen and bathroom. You could be out of this thing in like 20 or 30 grand. That's it. Right. And if that were the case and it was worth $540,000 afterwards, just do some math. Let's say we, I think we got it for three, two, three, ten. Let's say three, ten. And it's worth 540 afterwards. The new mortgage uh, at 540 is 432000 I bought it for three ten, and I spent $30,000 in renovations. That means I'm into it for three forty. I got to add a garage as well. Sorry, add, add 35. So we're into it for 375. Okay. New mortgage is 432. Old mortgage is 310. And then I spent $65,000 on renovations. I would not only get all of my money out, I would also get a check from the lawyer for $57,000 cash. Legit. So is it too late to do that? <laughs> Sounds really great, isn't it? it I'm, I'm using basic numbers right yeah. now. There's there's a few other things to consider, but you know, even if you add another $30,000 under that renovation, still getting a check for $27,000 or $57,000 yeah. would be pretty darn amazing. You guys understand what's, what's happening there? And, and someone brought this up and they made a very good point. Why don't you just renovate it to rentable, not to like high end, mm-hmm. you know, finishings, courts and, and black handles and stuff. Why don't you just put chrome, do a basic renovation, don't even tear out that wall 
it'd be worth 540 afterwards. Your new mortgage is 432. You would get all of your money back out, your original down payment, your renovation money, plus an additional $57,000 in cash. Not to mention the house is worth, let's say $500,000 because I don't think it'd be really worth, uh, no, let's say it's worth 540. And your mortgage is 432. You've also got $108,000 worth of equity in the property. You would have $108,000 worth of equity in the property, plus you got $57,000 cash. Yeah. Why wouldn't you just burr this thing? Well, here's the answer. It's going into my mortgage calculator right now. Okay. I'm going to put this at a 30-year mortgage at, what's the new rate? 5.25? Mortgage amounts 432, $132,000. My mortgage payments on this property would be $2,385. My property taxes would be close to three, close to $300. $300. Insurance would be? Uh, 170 I don't know. <laughs> Let's say 175 You guys got a calculator out? I know Jeremy does. $2,385 mortgage plus $300 in property taxes plus $175 in insurance. That does not include any money off the side for repairs and maintenance or reserve fund. Total expenses on this property would be $2,860. Market rent for that cute little house? Two bedroom up? Yeah. It's park view, so let's be nice. $1,800? Oh, wow. Am I being nice? Is that including utilities? Because he didn't include utilities in the... They would cover utilities. I think you're being way too generous. Two-bedroom main floor? It's got three bedrooms. Oh, whole house. Whole house. Oh, okay. Whole house. $1,800 to rent the house? Because yeah. this is this is not adding a secondary fee. This is just oh, okay. renovating the house. Gotcha. This is just renovating the house. It would be a single-family rental. Gotcha. Rent would be eighteen hundred bucks. My expenses would be eighteen twenty eight sixty, which means that I would be negative one thousand and sixty dollars a month in negative cash flow. Now, do you understand why I'm not doing it? It's not worth it, and I didn't even include repairs and maintenance and and uh, vacancy, right? If my rent is twenty eight, sorry, if my rent is eighteen hundred. I need to add uh, 8% um, for vacancy. And on this property, because I did the bare minimum, I would have to do about 4% for repairs and maintenance. Adds another 200 and some odd dollars. To my expenses. thousand and seventy five dollars in expenses and my rent is eighteen hundred negative one thousand two hundred and seventy five dollars a month it's just not worth it mm -hmm. great opportunity hell of an opportunity to pull out fifty seven thousand dollars cash think about this the next time you watch some schmuck on on youtube or 
or Instagram talk about how I just refinanced my property and I pulled out $30,000 and now I'm taking my family on a vacation or now I'm going over here and I'm going to do this or now I'm going to buy another property just like this and I'm going to duplicate this process. How many times are you going to duplicate a negative $1,275 investment? What happens if interest rates go up? What happens if rents go down? Can you really afford this? Yeah. You have to float this property, $1,275 every month. Every month you have to float this property. So therefore, that is why there are opportunities. People find these opportunities all the time. Look, I found a house for $310,000 and it's worth five forty dollars afterwards. All I need to do is put in $65,000, $30,000 renovations on the house just to clean it up and $35,000 garage. And wow, I'm going to pull out all this money. But that is not a sustainable which was my initial point this morning. Yes. I wanted, I wanted to show. Is that you can't, yeah. you can't, you still need to rent the place. That is one of the R's. You still have to rent it. So what you need to do is you need to find a needle in a haystack, a unicorn in the clouds in order to, in order to make this work and to be sustainable for your business. It is a great strategy. Just keep in mind, the property still needs to work afterwards. As a rental. So you need to find a certain property type in a certain neighborhood, certain type, certain type of market with a, a certain type of rents in order for this to make, make sense afterwards. Mm -hmm. Now, going back to what we said about 10 minutes ago, the best one that we have seen in Edmonton is adding secondary suites. Yeah. Because not only are you increasing the value of the property, you're also increasing the rents by adding a second suite. Mm -hmm. But just keep in mind, the higher the after repaired value and the higher the mortgage and the higher the mortgage payment will be the higher expenses, which the rents have to keep up with that. It will not always work every time. You might have a break even, especially with these interest rates, how they've gone up so much. It used to work two years ago really well when interest rates were 2.5, 3%. It's harder now when they're in the fives. Just the mortgage payments have gone up too much and the rents haven't, haven't matched. Also, typically, the house isn't always worth $500,000 afterwards, like in the example that I gave you. It's normally worth four fifty. dollars So that most people who add, in our market at least for the last five to 10 years, most people who have been adding secondary suites to bungalows and mill woods and Northwest Edmonton and doing the whole suite conversion thing, we did it. We did it for years. Yeah. We did it as well. Typically, we would have about forty dollars to $50,000 left in the deal. Okay. Once we got paid out our new mortgage and we paid out our renovation costs and our down payment and the existing mortgage, we would normally still have forty dollars or $50,000 left in the deal. But here's my, here's my, the way I look at it. If I have $50,000 left in the deal, I'm, I just doubled my ROI. I'm going to explain this. This is my last point before we go. If I were to buy this $500,000 house retail, if I were to buy your newly renovated, converted second house with a secondary suite, you just added a secondary suite, you're going to sell it to me for $500,000. What's my down payment amount? 20%. 100? 100? $100,000. So my investment to buy that $500,000 asset would be $100,000. 
But if I bought this property at 250, I did all the work myself, not all the work myself, but like I hired someone to do all the work, add the secondary suite, refinanced it. And now it's the new appraised value is $500,000. And I got all my money back out except for 50. I have the exact same asset, exact same everything, except my investment is $50,000. It's not a hundred. Now my return, my rent, my mortgage pay down, my appreciation, everything is exactly the same. It's the same property, but my investment is only $50,000. So it's half of what I would pay if I bought this thing retail, which means I just doubled my ROI. Now that is enough of a reason to do a burr right there. Yeah. But just understand that you may still have some money left in the deal, but it's still a, an amazing maneuver to double your ROI on your investments. Mm -hmm. You just won't be able to recycle all of the funds. And that's what Gabby was getting at earlier is that you don't necessarily all of you get, you get all of your money out in most cases. There have been some unicorns and some people will tell stories and those are typically the ones that make the podcast, but then people get extremely discouraged when they try and go find them for themselves. They call up the realtor and the realtor's like, dude, I don't exist. And they're like, well, you're not the realtor for me. I want an investor focused realtor. I'm telling you right now, just they're, they're very, very hard to find. All of the houses that we added secondary suites to, we still had about thirty to fifty thousand dollars left in the deal. Mm -hmm. Right. And you also need to consider neighborhoods as well. It might be easier to find something in a lesser neighborhood that you're able to do that with. But think about tenant profile and where you want to be, where you want your rentals to be. Hundred percent. The opportunity is not going to be in the neighborhood on the street that you want every single time. It's wherever that dilapidated house is. Yeah. That's it. You don't get to choose where it is. You have to take whatever opportunity presents itself. You need to jump on it quickly. Um, yeah. So, so I guess the, the point there that I was trying to make is that if people are saying, oh, yeah, we're doing perfect birds, blah, 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 blah. Ask them where, where? What, what city, what neighborhood, like where are all of those perfect um, birds happening? And would you want your portfolio to be there? You have to find that balance of the opportunity to recycle your funds and also the property that you want to be holding in your, in your portfolio with the type of tenants, keep in mind, you got to think, we go back to what we talked about in the beginning of the show, the type of tenants as well. Are you buying in a crappy neighborhood, but you got a perfect burr? Well, just keep in mind that the, the tenants that are going to be applying for your suites are not going to be great. So you have to find that, that sweet harmonious balance of finding a good rental property or holding a good rental property and also getting an amazing opportunity to increase your ROI or to get all of your money out. Burrs are very, very complicated, but if your sole strategy is to buy burrs and to recycle your $150,000, I want you to keep this in mind that you might need to adapt and adjust a little bit. Um, otherwise you're going to be sitting there for the next three years trying to find this unicorn and you're never going to take any action. If you can find it great, but don't, I mean, I would not recommend this to be your sole strategy. Because it's, you're going to get one property every year or every five years, and you're going to be trying to figure out why am I not growing, you know, as fast as I wanted to grow. It's because it's just the way that the strategy works. We went 20 minutes over today, but I thought it was really important. I wanted to get all this in and I wanted to show people from the start, the process with the lawyers, um, what is possible, and then also what to look out for. Um, if you like burrs, if you liked this, 
if you know people who are trying to do burrs, share this with them. Please share it with them. I think that this is valuable information. I don't see many people going into this level of depth on most webinars and seminars or presentations at masterminds. So I think this is like, as far as a burr presentation goes, this is probably one of my best and one of the best I've seen. I just being honest with you, it's one of the best I've seen in a long time. So feel free to share. It. I'm not trying to be cocky. I'm just, it's the truth. I mean, I think I went into extreme detail. Um, share this with someone who who's thinking about doing burrs. Don't scare them. Just, just if they're, if you see someone like who I'm talking about, who's just like, has these, um, is rose colored glasses the right term? You know what I mean? Like, oh, wow, I really want hers. I saw it on bigger pockets. Just give this to them, give them a little education. Hopefully they can um, readjust their expectations so that they can make better decisions tomorrow. That's all I want. Otherwise, speaking of tomorrow, that's when we'll see you. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com.